Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Okay, comic book connoisseurs, listen up. Got your attention? Good. Now stay with me. No, this isn't a story about comics, but it's something just as exciting, so stay tuned. If you happen to be devouring comic books like I was in the 1960s, you probably notice that very often on the back covers of classics like Superman, Batman, The Flash, and other superhero epics, there's often a treasure trove of unique merchandise advertised by the finest novelty manufacturers of the day. Remember them? <laughs> they were those fabulous inventions like X-ray glasses, hypno coins, and Dick Tracy wrist radios. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, friends. You know, sometimes I couldn't even wait to finish whatever superhero saga I was reading just so I could flip to the full-page ad on the back cover and see what the latest merch was. My old man had his issues of popular science where he learned about all the latest developments in American ingenuity. Me, I had my comic book novelty ads revealing the latest and the greatest in mechanical gizmos and gadgets that were sure to dazzle your friends and stupefy your enemies. Oh yes, these were no run-of-the-mill thingamabobs and whatchamacallits, folks. These were the real thing, the genuine article, sure to get a laugh or at least a snicker. Take the fly in the ice cube, for example. For only 35 cents, you could have a trick that would definitely liven up a dull party. Even those boring Thanksgiving dinners when all the relatives came over. One time when my Uncle Horace wasn't looking, I slipped a plastic ice cube into his rum and coke and waited to see what would happen. Well, he took a couple of sips, totally unaware of the prank that was being pulled. Then he took a few more. And a few more. Apparently Horace really liked his rum and cokes. But when the drink finally reached the bottom, it became obvious that there was something different about the ice cube sitting there rather innocently in a puddle of brown liquid. Even as sloshed as he was, he managed to peer down into the glass and notice something very suspicious. There were two ice cubes left, a real one that was on the verge of melting away, and the imposter, the plastic one with the fly inside. He somehow put his rather beefy hand into the glass and fished out the plastic cube. Boy, you should have seen the look on his face. Another mainstay of the novelty world was the hand buzzer. Oh, friends, this was a real classic. <laughs> it was a mechanical device about the size of a silver dollar with a little metal loop attached, which you used to slip over one finger so you could hide the whole contraption in the palm of your hand. And the idea was you'd wind up the spring and then go up to an unsuspecting stranger and shake their hand. Theoretically, as soon as their hand contacted the little pressure-operated button on the buzzer, they'd get a surprise jolt. Actually, it's more like a very loud vibration. But like I said, theoretically, it would be enough to startle you. That is, if you weren't aware of the strange metal foreign object suddenly touching your hand. Now this called for suspension of belief on a major scale on the part of your intended victim. In my short experience, most people figured that out pretty quickly. So if the only people that ever really consented to getting a handshake from me when I was wearing this device was close family members, like my kid brother, who most times didn't have a clue. But after a while, even he caught on. 
And so the hand buzzer ultimately lost its novelty and was tossed into the depths of the toy chest, never to return again. What other strange merchandise would you find in these comic book ads? Well, you could also buy a pack of chewing gum that looked like the real thing, but tasted absolutely awful once the victim actually started chewing it and discovered it wasn't spearmint, but rather something like onion-flavored gum. Ew! Along the same lines, you could purchase a telescope or kaleidoscope that had a built-in surprise. Once your face came in contact with the eyepiece, you were then left with a big black circle around your eye as if you'd gotten a black eye. Generally, the victim of this practical joke wasn't aware of the effect until their friends started laughing at them, or they got a glimpse of their own face in the mirror. <laughs> you could also purchase what was advertised as a skinhead wig. Did you ever want to look like your Uncle Melvin with his shiny bald head? Well, this product claimed it would do just that. You see, you would just slip on the flesh-colored, skin-tight, latex rubber bald wig, and supposedly you'd now look like Melvin's identical twin. The trouble was, one size didn't fit all. And if you were a young, pint-sized, practical joker like me, chances are that your hat size hadn't yet grown to its full potential, which meant that the bald wig didn't look very realistic on your head. It was way too big. It had areas that either bubbled out or caved in like a giant prune. And usually the color of the latex cap didn't match your own skin color. So that was a big disappointment. <laughs> On these same comic book ads, there were also gadgets and gimmicks that claimed to do things like making you a kung fu expert or giving you the power of ventriloquism, like a small disc that you'd put on your tongue, which would theoretically let you throw your voice. <laughs> I never got the hang of that one either. Who's the dummy now? And for those of you that like to fool people with fake stuff, there were fake bullet holes, fake scars and wounds, fake soap that made you dirty instead of clean, fake golf balls with a big make-believe crack that you could stick to somebody's car windshield, or the most revolting one of all, fake vomit and dog poop. Yuck! Those are always popular items, judging from the number of times my friends used to pull those out of their bag of tricks. Ew. You could also get dribble glasses, boomerangs, smoke bombs, trick decks of cards, the world's smallest harmonica, you name it. But friends, I have to tell you, the one gag item that was the best one by far, in my humble opinion, was the low-tech, latex rubber, super embarrassing noisemaker, more commonly known as the whoopee cushion. This has got to be the most popular, most publicized, and most prank-worthy novelty item of all time. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it used, both in real life and on TV sitcoms. As the comedy writers always said, when in doubt, get out the whoopee cushion. That's right. There was one time at a family Christmas party that I slipped it under the seat cushion at the head of the table where I thought Uncle Milton was going to sit. Unfortunately, due to a last-minute seating mix-up, Aunt Trudy sat down there instead. And man, was she surprised when she very unceremoniously sat down to lead us all in saying grace before we started the meal. One moment, 
She had the most serious, holier-than-thou expression on her face. At the next moment... Well, everything changed. And not for the better. Her face was so red, we couldn't tell her apart from the Polish ham. <laughs> Needless to say, she gave us all the silent treatment for the rest of the evening. And so, forever after, from that point on, that was the one holiday meal that we always remembered. And the lesson to be learned from that, friends, was pick your pranks carefully, for you never know when somebody will prank you back. But that's a story for another day. You've been listening to Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.